0: Welcome to Sounds Familiar, a podcast where we discuss two pieces of media that share themes, plot points, or overarching ideas. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram to keep up to date with our upload schedule, news, and discussions. Take your seat, grab your popcorn, and silence your cell phones now. Please enjoy the show. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and I'm Stephanie And uh, this is sounds familiar Thank you, Justin, for You're bringing welcome. us in this time
0: You're welcome, throat- I'm sorry I don't think we'd
1: cooperate with me if I tried to do that
0: <laughs> Sorry for deafening the audience
1: <laughs> Yeah, oh my god, who knows what that's gonna sound like on the recording
0: <laughs> Okay,
1: uh, well
0: Welcome back to Morbid May
1: Yay! I know, I'm, I'm loving Morbid May. Um, yeah, we are here on our third third episode of Morbid May, I think. Yes. Yeah. What and is time so anymore? This, what'd you say?
0: What is time anymore?
1: Yeah, I know, for real, yeah. Um. Yeah, this has been a weird week for various reasons. Um, I'm at least glad that... I had some friends come over to watch uh, one of our two movies, The Grudge, Um, and then I sat and watched it with them, so I wasn't as scared, and we were, like, you know, ribbing on it and stuff, so I was like, okay, okay, I'm good, and then I got really drunk and watched The Conjuring, so overall, I wasn't too scared for either of
0: them. (laughs) Um, Heather watched the first part of The Conjuring with me, Um, then it was super late in the day, so we stopped it and i watched it by myself and then i watched the grudge alone in my bed this morning love that
1: um how'd you how'd you do uh
0: so this is my second time seeing the movie um Mm. i guess we'll go ahead and get into our histories with it because i have a long history with this movie oh really uh i say that i feel like everyone does if you grew up around the like you were a kid around the time that this movie was being marketed (laughs) and you were a kid like me who was constantly watching Comedy Central or Adult Swim late at night. The commercials for this (laughs) were relentless and it scared the shit out of me.
1: Really? (laughs) I've never seen like a trailer or teaser for this. It was a little before I was watching TV. It was
0: on TV all the time. Specifically those two channels, but that's where you found your like weird offbeat (laughs) quote-unquote edgy comedy
1: (laughs) so so this movie was like heavily marketed i don't know that much about the um background on it
0: yeah um it was it was a really big movie as a matter of fact um it was one of the highest grossing film remakes of all time uh behind the ring um one of the best uh halloween box offices of all time um it it was big and the marketing was everywhere because we were kind of riding that wave this came out what two years after the ring yeah, um so that's true so there, japanese there were a horror, lot of like
1: j-horror remakes yeah. around in the two of course there were just a lot of remakes of horror in the 2000s mm-hmm. as we like talked about a little bit last week um Yeah, I I remember (laughs) this was uh, uh, as famous Stephanie lore already knows that this was kind of the area of the 2000s was before I was really like tuned into what was going on in the media. Like I didn't have TV. We didn't go to the movies, that kind of thing. So I would like see advertisements for movies like in the store or whatever. But apart from that, I wasn't super aware of them. And I remember like the posters for this one always like really freaked me out and everything, but I didn't know anything about it. I was just like, oh, that eye is really scary. But other than that, I don't, I don't know. So um,
0: I uh, I didn't actually see the movie for the first time until about four years after its release. And by that time, I had already like gone through, like I sat with my friends and I watched uh, Evil Dead and Dead Alive and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, okay. and, like, I, I was already like, okay, I'm pretty immune to horror now. And um, it still creaked me the hell out uh, the first time I watched it. Uh, this
1: time
0: the movie kind of sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: it, uh, we'll get into that yeah <laughs> uh
0: i also i feel like we should mention the reason why we're doing the remake um is because it's kind of for the purposes of our podcast it's a more direct comparison to the conjuring and that these are both uh a different type of blockbuster horror but still blockbuster horror um, than we talked about last week. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, Juon wasn't as big <laughs> over here as yeah. the Grudge was, um, which is unfortunate because Juon is it's just better. Same director, but it's just yeah. Character.
1: That's that's right. It is the same. That's funny to me is um, that it's the same director. Um, yeah. So I I have seen also I have seen Juon one time. I've seen this movie about three or four times um i i think that overall juan is better it like spends a lot more time with the characters like goes a little more in depth into what's happening and why the only thing i would say this movie has on juan is that it's a much more streamlined narrative well let me take out much. It's a more streamlined narrative. It's still a little all over the place in, in ways that don't always make sense. Juwan's very long, kind of sprawling, follows a lot of different characters um, at different points in time. Yeah, so it can uh, be a little confusing, but um, so can this one. So
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you to an extent, because I kind of think that's why um, Ju-on works a little better for me, because it keeps it... Mm. Mysterious and horrifying the entire time. This one, it's like a half hearted "Who Done It" mixed in you think with it blows the a
1: little too early.
0: And I don't know. <laughs> none of the storylines, like, I would rather them be ambiguous than just kind of there and boring.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Let me back up. <laughs> yes, so <laughs> this is this is my third or fourth time seeing this movie i um first saw this movie not as a kid but as a teenager at a sleepover with my friend in a dark dark room in a house in the middle of nowhere uh she was asleep and i was sitting up in bed watching tv um and watching this movie and it scared the absolute hell out of me (laughs) Um, But you got to understand, at the time, I hadn't seen a lot of horror movies. Like, I was just kind of beginning to watch them. And usually it was just, like, whatever was on TV because, you know, like, I I couldn't, like, have any at home. Um, But, uh, yeah, it really scared me. And I think every time I've watched it since then, it scared me less. (laughs) Like, this time I watched it and I was like... Okay, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I do still think that there are some really good scares in it. Um, I think it would be scarier if it was a better movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, so uh, that, that's definitely a factor.
0: Uh, because this movie, in- the scares in it relies 100% on jump scares. That's the only <laughs> time anything is, like, horrifying in this movie, and that's because it's just like, that's
1: loud! <laughs> you know, I... I disagree a little bit. I don't entirely disagree. I think, I think it relies on like, uh, how do I put this? Like suddenness, maybe. Uh, I do. I think that there are a couple of good scares that aren't entirely jumps, like that are kind of telegraphed a lot. Like, um, I don't know. Like, for instance, when she's, like, crawling down the stairs, like, she does that very slowly. So it's not, like, an exorcist thing where you all of a sudden, like, see her crawling down the stairs. Like, it's, like, very slowly crawling down the stairs. But it's still, like, that in In and of itself is kind of scary to me. And then, like, the, the bed scare. Oh, God, fucking oh. traumatized me, dude. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's, um. <laughs> that's the worst one. That's the worst one for me.
1: (laughs) No, it's like, you definitely know that she's there before she shows up, but it's like, oh, no, 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 Uh, no, no, no." (laughs) So I I don't know. I think those ones are pretty effective. But yeah, I do see what you're saying.
0: The jawless uh, Yoko, (laughs) is that the character's (laughs) name? Yeah, uh, that is a very slow sequence as well. It's very creepy. Uh, This movie, I didn't realize until this watch that it was um, produced by Mr. Sam Raimi, mm-hmm. and I forgot that Ted Raimi is in it. And I was like, my yeah. god, yeah. you can smell the Raimi olive. <laughs> so much Raimi.
1: It, it is. It, it, that's, yeah, that's funny. I, I can't remember if I knew that before I saw it this time or, or not, but yeah, it definitely is, which uh, we'll be talking about more uh Remy next week I'm yeah. uh, looking Let's
0: Stephanie's sugar in.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's coming like a freight train um,
0: <laughs> We've got a fun run uh, next week guys
1: Yes that's going to be fun <laughs> Um it, it 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 follows me one might say Whoa! Um, <laughs> hey hey uh, no spoilers but um Yeah so so I I think that um Yeah, the problem with it is that there are a lot of good scares. It's just there's a lot of nothing in between them. Like, the characters aren't very interesting. Like, there isn't really any overarching theme. The dialogue's super basic. So it's like, you're pretty much only there for the scares. And I guess some some fairly good atmosphere. Like, apart from that, yeah, not much going on.
0: When your most interesting character is your silent ghost.
1: <laughs> I know. No, you
0: have a problem. I know.
1: Well, that's like the thing is, I know that this can be tricky in horror because. How do I articulate this? A lot of horror it is very much based on the characters being reactive as opposed to proactive because mm-hmm. it's about, you know, something terrorizing someone and them having to then react to that. Yeah. The problem is when you have characters with this much lack of motive and this much lack of anything going on or like <laughs> beyond, I don't, I would prefer not to die. Like that is, that's pretty much it. And I'm not saying that that can't ever work, but when you spend so much time with the characters and so much, like, I don't know, and the movie moves so slowly, kind of, I would say that you need a little bit more to base it on, maybe.
0: Yeah, uh, because especially coming off of um, the freaking mascot horror slashers, um, it's like, Freddy (laughs) is not the most interesting character in A Nightmare on Elm Street. What's her right. face? is? I'm blanking on her name. Nancy. I feel a bit. Nancy. Thank, thank you. <laughs> Love you, Nancy.
1: No, N- Nancy's. I. I. Yeah, I like Nancy as a protagonist because, you know, she actually has some presence. Like she is very active. You know, she's not just reactive. She's active. She's coming up with schemes. She's trying to do things. She's trying to get people on her side, and it's like, our. I guess you could call her a protagonist here. Is very much like, like absolutely no shade to Sarah Michelle Geller, but kind of sleepwalking through the movie. Like it,
0: it, it could have been even
1: a, seems that scared, dude. Like
0: could have been a cardboard cutout of Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and again,
0: I, that is not a critique on Sarah Michelle Geller. I love no, her. It's- I grew, I grew up at the era I grew up, uh, grew up in. I love her. Uh, yeah yeah but but
1: she's not given anything to work with here and like Like, nothing
0: i I forgot bill pullman was in this movie i know like oh that's right what does he even do why are you here
1: (laughs) i don't i don't this gets into another another of my problems with the movie is that it really wants to interweave all these like stories of the various people who went into the house but none of them are interesting yeah like like, that whole scene, which is near the end of the movie, so it's supposed to be important in some way, where he, like, goes to the house, and he's, like, realizing that, um, what's her name? Uh, Kayako was, mm-hmm. like, stalking him and was, like, super in love with him and everything. He has all the reaction of a guy who, like, I don't know, saw that they were sold out of his favorite sandwich in, in the deli one day, like, was just kind of like, ah, oh, nuts, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's I don't get I don't get a lot of the choices in this movie or lack of choices maybe I, I don't
0: know. Yeah, I I don't get it. And especially compared to the movie that we're comparing it to, um every character in The Conjuring, um for better or worse in some cases, are uh like very fleshed out and believable characters. Even the kids yeah. have distinct personalities like Yeah. And in here it's just like, oh these are basically bags of meat for these ghosts to kill. To
1: right, right. And it's, I think it can, be, it can be cool for a movie to use intersecting storylines, even in a horror movie, which I wouldn't say happens a whole lot. Though now that I think about it, it kind of happens in The Conjuring in the first half anyway, yeah. before the two lines, you know, do intersect. But I think if you're going to have them intersect, you have to be saying a little bit more with it or doing a little bit more with it than just here's different people that got killed. Like, I don't, you know, it's like, well, okay. uh, Why? Why do we need to see that? Like, I, ah. it's, and it it doesn't help that I'm all over the place now, like this movie. Uh, It doesn't help that um, (laughs) this could be getting into a little bit of Cinema Sense territory, which, you know, I apologize in advance, but like, it's never, I don't think, entirely clear why people are killed or disappeared in wildly different ways that never seem to really like be explained at all. It's just kind of it seems like the movie being like, well, what's a cool scary thing to happen here? Like, for instance, sorry,
0: you, uh, you go ahead uh, and no. then I'll. Get
1: uh, into I was examples. just gonna
0: say, it is so not fair to some of these people. Fucking Doug. Like, he, he's like, what? Choked to death? Scared to death? Uh, and Dude, poor... I'll be
1: honest. I don't even remember which one Doug is. Uh,
0: her boyfriend.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Boyfriend. That was super not clear.
0: Yeah, it he's was... like, it's either scared to death or choked to death. And poor Yoko gets her fucking jaw ripped off.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think where it really solidified for me this time was with Yoko. Like, because I was like, I don't have a that's gonna sound weird i don't have a problem with her getting her jaw ripped off <laughs> I mean, I, 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 morally maybe but like no. <laughs> aesthetically no but the fact that like that is so wildly different from the way that anyone else gets killed i was just like was the was the ghost just like you bitch, I don't know. I'm jealous that you're pretty or something, so I'm going to make you not pretty anymore. It's like, what? It's I just, it makes no sense.
0: Because all the deaths we saw, well, um, we never even saw Ted Raimi die on screen. We're just supposed to infer that Yoko kills him.
1: Oh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah it, he screams and then it
0: cuts away. Um, What's her face gets sucked into the bed. Uh, Which,
1: once again, what? Okay. <laughs> uh,.
0: Bill Pullman, I guess it's, like, left up into the air if he killed himself or if Kayako pushed him or whatever it was. I didn't really get that either. Uh, And that – I know there's more death in here.
1: No, there – okay, so the family (laughs) that moved into the house, the, like, the mom, she just kind of dies. She's, like, with the boyfriend. Like, they both kind of die because they, like, saw her or whatever. They just fucking die. Then with, like, the couple, they just find them in the attic and they're dead but they aren't like maimed or anything like yoko was they're just kind of dead we don't know how they died the girl who gets like sucked into the bed who's like the sister it's not even clear if she fucking died but i guess she died like it's that's the thing it's like (laughs) they're all so like wildly different in a way that doesn't make sense if you're trying to present the curse as something fairly systematic like it 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 just kills people because it does. It just—it's not even like a conscious thing anymore. It just kills you, like which—that's fine. But it doesn't make sense for them to be so so different if if that's the case.
2: Yeah, I, I don't mean, it's
0: um, fucking weird. Kayako's only been a ghost for three years. She's like trying things <laughs> out, you. you know, just <laughs> <laughs> what's my thing? And then she ripped yeah. that girl's jaw off and was like, you know what? Too yeah. far. Too it's far. Like, I, I
1: know, that wasn't really me, you know. <laughs> oh, not oh, my brand. Wait, I, yeah, <laughs> I forgot. I forgot one. I forgot one. Um, doesn't the uh the detective guy randomly get killed by the ghost of the husband who like drowns him in drowns. the bathtub? Yeah. See, it's yeah. literally all over the place. It's I don't know, dude. I don't know. Now the kid does
0: a stare and meow like a cat.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty freaky, but yeah, but. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's. The, I was also confused about that. I was like, well, why is that the only point where the ghost of the uh, of Kayako's husband shows up and murders someone? Why is it only that one person? Like, it seems like. It seems like either only the people who were murdered should be killing people or only the person who was the murderer should be killing people but it's like they all are but like only the husband only does it once even though he was like the only actually violent one in life but it, it's like so why is he doing it at all or oh god man I, yeah so I, the
0: whole the whole thing is um that and they half explain it by like oh yeah that's a thing here in Japan don't think about it um So, because of that violent act, the entire house is haunted. Uh, So anyone who goes into it is cursed. And then, if you get killed by that ghost, you're also a ghost, but only if you're killed in the house...
1: Because yeah. But, dude, I reasons. always forget about that too, because Yoko becomes a ghost, but she's the only one who got killed who we see become a ghost. So it's like, oh, so can like white people don't have to be ghosts like like or something. Like I don't what, it's what
0: Plus it's, like I don't wouldn't I don't. you just be surrounded by like people super pissed off that you killed them like <laughs> Like what, right, it's what, like who wants
1: to hang out with people that you murdered for the rest of of eternity? It's like that sounds that seems kind of shitty. Like you're not gonna have a good time there. But it's.
0: So, I mean, I'm just imagining everyone standing around in the kitchen. Kayako comes out with a tray of cookies. Uh, no, Kayako! the party's we're never gonna still happen. Mad at you. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't care how sorry you are. Oh. Take off the stupid party hat. Oh,
1: oh no, I can't <laughs> believe I feel bad for the murder ghost. I mean, you do feel... Well, see, okay, that's getting into another weird thing that it's, like, kind of makes sense, but kind of doesn't... It's, like, that isn't really Kayako, and, like, that isn't really the little boy. Like, none of it is really these people. It's very much, I guess, leaning into the idea of of a ghost which I guess maybe varies in, across cultures, like not so much as the actual like essence of a person that died, but more just like an echo of something that happened. And so it's not like Kayako, like with her full conscious like afterlife self, is choosing to go and murder people. It's more that like like they 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 say like the the repercussions of the thing that happened just kind of, it's like a poison that kind of just spreads and it's not really actively perpetuated by anyone. It just perpetuates itself, which is, I mean, that's kind of interesting. Um, It's like, it's sort of like The Ring in that it's like the viral quality of the horror, but The Ring is a lot more like oh it's this specific entity doing it on purpose like it is very clear about that by the end whereas i think with the grudge it's meant to be very much like just a force of nature at that point like um which which i i think is interesting for sure um it's just always kind of like kind of unclear how it operates but um uh, well, when I was watching it with uh, a couple of my friends who <laughs> had a great time watching it with them, <laughs> um, we, we, it made me a lot less scared because they're like making fun of it in parts, just riffing. It was pretty fun. Um, well, one of them pointed out that like, it, it's kind of like a, it makes sense for an Eastern horror movie um which is, you know, this one's obviously an American remake, but the original being a a Japanese horror, um, it very much emphasizes that interconnected quality. Uh, Like, because everything is connected, it ends up affecting everything, which, yeah, which, like, definitely makes sense. Um, And I think that's kind of the point of the sprawling narrative, is to show that, like... It's not just happening to one isolated person. Like once something happens, it spreads throughout all these different social connections. and just begins to affect everyone, which is cool in concept. Like, um, you know, we we talked a little bit about how um, isolationist American society is in comparison with certain other cultures. Um, And I think you do see that in a lot of ghost stories in in our culture yeah. is that it's very much like the haunting is confined to this one location or one person and you know you just have to deal with it on your own and that's like it and if you can personally defeat it or escape it then like that's kind of the end of the story whereas this one is very much like you know something drops into the water the water ripples out and, and it goes in every direction
2: yeah,
1: um, which I like um uh, I don't know. And it it becomes less about the individual people who it happened to and more about just that ripple effect. I don't know. I guess like that's a compliment. Uh, I just don't always think it utilizes it very well.
0: (laughs) Reverberating trauma is a uh, genre of ghosts that is horrifying, but very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Very specifically, um, Kayako in this movie is a uh, onryo, which is a uh, type of ghost uh in japanese lore i know next to nothing about it so that's going to be the end of me talking about it to like yeah. more research um but uh it is it is interesting to see that it is like it's not a generic ghost it's like you could be like no this is the type of ghost yeah uh, she is which is very very cool
1: it's a particularly um, scary type of ghost <laughs> that scares me eventually
0: Maybe <laughs> eventually we'll talk about them on I Hope You Exist, and it'll be Ooh. a solid I Hope You Don't Exist.
1: Uh, uh. Yeah, I was going to say, with at least a few of those have to be, there has to be a little carrot with a little don't on top of it. <laughs> I hope you We've don't.
0: already done a few. We've already done a few. Yeah. Uh,
1: no. Yeah, that's true. I,
0: watching this movie, I, I kind of wish I hadn't. I preferred it in my memories. Um, rewatching this movie, <laughs> I should say, because... Yeah. Uh, it was always, like, that thing that, like, oh, man, I don't want to watch that. That movie's, like, so scary. I don't know if I can handle that right now. And then watching it, I was like, oh, no. Oh, it's fine. yeah
1: eh. It's very, <laughs> yeah. The, I think the the horror in it is very, it works very well on a visceral level. It just doesn't work well in, like, a, you know how some movies you, like, horror movies, you watch them and they're, like, scary when you watch it but then you the more you think about it the scarier get it gets this one is like the more you think about it the less scary it gets because the more you think about it the more it just doesn't make sense um yeah
0: i do know that so the shower scene with the hand coming out of her head uh was in <laughs> yeah. the trailer and for like two years as as a kid i was like always looking over my <laughs> shoulder in the
1: shower. <laughs> <laughs> see but see even that is like why does that happen? I don't know. It's just like it, what
0: and it's Does not... that are we to infer that she could crawl out of her head at any time?
1: I mean it would have been pretty like... cool to see her crawl out of someone's mouth or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That would have been kinda kinda of legit or like out of your asshole maybe, like but that, like, doesn't There's a happen. fanfic
0: somewhere. A
1: fan. <laughs> oh my god. Sounds
0: you know geeky. there is. <laughs> it's
1: like reverse four. Um <laughs> anyway. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, I don't know. It's like if you were to look at this like stuff like that, if you were to look at it through the lens of like um, the conjuring where they specifically lay out this whole process of. Uh, demonic possession which goes like infestation, oppression, and finally possession. It would make sense if this was following following that pattern, because stuff like that could just be evidence of infestation or oppression until finally possession, I guess in this case being just like it kills you or whatever. Yeah. But um but it's in the way the movie's actually laid out, it looks a whole lot more like <laughs> The ghosts recognizing that you're the protagonist and letting you live longer. <laughs> and just kind of fucking with you, like, instead. Yeah. Which... Because... Uh, <laughs> I,
0: I don't know. I don't know. I, I've i never really thought about that, and now I'm mad.
1: Yes! Well, think about it. It's like, um... So many of the other characters either get killed the first time they encounter the ghost, mm-hmm. or... and. En- or get killed very soon after the first time, but like yep. with her, it's just like
0: it just kind of follows Karen around. Occasionally yeah. shows up in a window,
1: right? Right, taking the fucking bus. Like she's like, I'm, I'm gonna let you have this one, but next time I'm getting you. Like yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know, dude. I <laughs> it uh, also <laughs> I hate the fucking. I don't know if a cop out is the right term, but <laughs> the like throwaway line, like "Oh, we were able to save the house" when after she sets it on fire, which is like "Oh shit, why did you do that?" But on the other hand, it's like, so would burning it down have ended the curse? It's not clear. Like, <laughs> or is it, it like it allows them to not answer sets- that?
0: Is it, is it the land? Is it, that, is it the wood in the
1: house? That's what's always bothered me about haunting movies is that it's never, if, if it's talking about a location as opposed to a person, which, like, in Insidious and whatever, it's specifically like, oh, no, it's a person that an entity has attached itself to. But, like, in a lot of haunting movies, it's like, okay, the place is haunted. But so it's like, well, what's haunted exactly? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. this particular spot in space, is it the building? Is it the, the earth? Is it, what is it?
0: <laughs> Boo! I have to obey zoning laws! Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, like, it, I mean, you know, you have like stuff like Poltergeist, which is like, it's on top of an Indian burial ground, favorite uh, half heartedly self aware cop out of, of various <laughs> movies of yesteryear um but then it's like okay so that makes a little bit more sense because it's like the land itself that is cursed but in movies like these where it's just like a building so it's like okay so you you burn the building down does that fix it you know you dig up the earth does that fix it like yeah. I, you can't think about it too much I, once again i said cinema brain but
0: <laughs> if i ever if i ever write a a ghost story uh for any medium <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. my, my explanation is going to be um, that the ghost has an area of effect that's a certain radius uh, from the point of where the trauma happened. That awesome. seems like an interesting and very cool way to do it. Yeah. And instead of just being like, yeah, it's it's the house. It's the house. Okay, so can it go into the yard? I don't know.
1: yeah yeah if you just go past the fence or is it just like whatever the city has legally declared the property of this No.
0: all of that being said i do know that in a lot of um uh ghost study and ghost lore uh the idea of a threshold like the threshold of a Mm -hmm. home um is a big symbolic thing I could see that, yeah. So, maybe that has something to do with it, but I would just like some sort of (laughs) explanation. Even, like,
1: it just... Yeah.
0: Something... I'm okay with a hand wave, but not a full-on, like, push.
1: (laughs) Don't think about it. (laughs) Right. It... Yeah. It... hmm. I don't know, man. I, I think there is... I think there's a lot of good there in that I think... To be fair, a lot of the stuff that, like, people go to horror movies for is present here and I think is executed fairly well. Um, It's just a lot of the stuff that people go to films for, (laughs) movies for, is not necessarily as present. So, depends on what you want to do with that. Also, I just have to to point out how little silly it is that, like... um (laughs) It's still set in Japan and it is about like Japanese folklore and everything. But they're like, here's a million white people for some reason, like white people in every different story that branches off, like (laughs) all don't even know each other are just all a bunch of white people who happen to be there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I understand wanting to do a remake rather than a dub because, you know, movie studios want money and Americans, especially in 2004, weren't going to see a film with subtitles on it uh so i understand the logic of wanting to do a remake but why not just cast japanese actors for all of the (laughs) world
1: well i'm sure what the studio thinking was was that americans wouldn't go see a movie with non-white leads so let's put lone
0: star and buffy in
1: it there we go (laughs) yeah yeah right and it's like I think that the only way that could have worked and not seemed really like, dude, what the hell, would be if it was specifically about the convergence of cultures and maybe about Westerners' inability to understand or cope with, like, the intricacies of Eastern mythology and and processes of belief, which... the only time when that ever really comes up is the one point where Sarah Michelle Geller and generic white man boyfriend like see people visiting the grave site and doing a, a, a Buddhist ceremony in front of it. it and it almost seems kind of like oh that's kind of cool. They're touching on kind of the differences between cultures here and it's a little bit of invoking that theme of the of connectedness between life and death but that's about it (laughs) yeah so
0: (laughs) i just don't don't know know. and uh, there's such good potential here and i don't think it capitalizes on really any of it but that being said it sounds (laughs) like both of us uh we got the experience this movie was meant to give and that we watched it in the dark with friends as teenagers (laughs) and it scared the shit out of us so well done
1: it will, dude, it Blaps will always around. scare me, I think. <laughs> I I think it, yeah, I think it will scare me a little bit less every time, but it never won't scare me, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it just doesn't terrify me like it used to. Um, but yeah, so so that's The Grudge. Um, watch it if you... uh Dare. It,
2: it, <laughs> yeah, if you
1: like if you like some some semi inventive scares and I don't know, if you like J horror just slightly worse. Um. Yeah.
0: Uh, I recommend um watching Ju-on first. Then watch this uh and this one will scare you a lot less and at some points will almost feel like it's am I watching a parody movie?
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I do. Yeah. I do think, I will say this for the remake, I do think a few of the scares are executed a little better in this one.
0: That comes with a big old budget.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> right, right. I think, I guess in particular, I'm thinking of a scene in Juan where very much like the Kayako crawling down the stairs scene, which it's still that same character crawling down the stairs, it's just mm-hmm. with different characters. And the way it's shot is not super impressive. It, it, it just kind of, it's not really clear what happens. It's just like she crawls down the stairs and she just kind of is there for a second, and then the people, like, uh, they just kind of die. Like, I don't know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> um I think it's shot a lot more dynamically in the remake but at, as you pointed out that is probably mostly due to the budget so yes
0: <laughs> But I mean it it holds its place in the American it sounds weird to call it the American horror pantheon because it is just stolen
1: <laughs> Yeah I do not really stolen It's the, the same director yeah same
0: director um but it it has its place. Uh, it's it's worth a watch if you've never seen it again. We've said this in like a million of our episodes, but uh, I don't know why you've listened to it thus uh, this far. <laughs> if You haven't watched it already, but if you haven't, it's worth it's worth it just for the experience. It's one of those movies yeah. if you're going to be a horror aficionado. Um, mm. it's it's a must watch and and Both it's a,
1: it's got some different different types uh, of scares and different types of aesthetics from a lot of american horror movies because it's based on j-horror so i i think it's it's worth a watch in that regard like the ring is also obviously based on mm-hmm. a japanese horror movie but it it's very much set in america like there're still some signifiers that like okay you can tell this was taken from a japanese movie but um this one, it the the setting of of being in Japan in in a more traditionally like Japanese style house is is very much present and I and I think is effective for the atmosphere. Like it's very recognizably not an American house, and I think that kind yeah. of adds to the the overall feeling of the movie in a good way. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say worth a watch if if you are into into horror maybe not if you're just into movies <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so that's the grudge and we will be back after the break to talk about the conjuring
0: kayako i'm, I'm sorry i will take a cookie after all ah! <laughs> uh,
1: okay you got it <laughs>
0: hey everyone thanks for checking out our show give us a follow on twitter at sounds and let us know any film pairings you would like us to cover did you also know that we have a sister show that covers cryptids ufos and anything else strange and spooky if that sounds like your thing be sure to listen to i hope you exist on your favorite podcast service we love you now back to the show
1: from the break to talk about 2013's The Conjuring yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is actually one of my favorite horror movies um, I really like this one it's my it's like The Grudge I think third or fourth time seeing it um, key difference being I didn't watch this one until I was an adult uh, thankfully, um, <laughs> but I I actually saw the the second one first. I saw that one in theaters. Um, one of very few horror movies that I've seen in theaters. I was very scared. Um, because <laughs> like <laughs> I wasn't originally gonna go, but two of my friends were going, and they were like, "Oh, you should come," and I was like, uh, "Okay," but. I don't like watching horror movies without knowing where the jump scares are, um, um, which great website for that. If you're like me and hate jump scares, it's called Where's the jump.com and it gives you timestamps for every jump scare so that you don't have to be startled in an unpleasant way. <laughs> I know some people like it. I don't. It, it really throws me off.
0: I, I need... To not know where they are, because if I'm watching these movies, and especially one like The Grudge, and the only actual entertainment value is the jump scares, <laughs> I have to like, I have to watch these movies like I'm riding a roller coaster. <laughs>
1: no, 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 no. Well, see, no, I, I, I don't, I don't agree though about The Grudge because I watched it with the the jump scare timer like that, like shows you the the timestamps for where the jump scares are, and I. Still had a good, pleasantly scary time. Of course, (laughs) none of the ones in The Grudge are, like, that big of jump scares. They're all very telegraphed, for one thing. And The Conjuring doesn't actually have that many, either. Uh,
0: They're not that bad in this one at all. Um, Right. Yeah, This movie is just kind of... I'm not ever really scared by this movie. It's just kind of (laughs) cool.
1: That's true. Like... That's true. There aren't really that many very terrifying moments. It's just, it's got a very scary vibe, I guess. And, like, um, yeah, it's a cool movie. Um, Yeah, I think of it as, like, a more modernized and scarier version of something like The Exorcist or Rosemary's Baby, Mm -hmm. where it's, like probably not the scariest thing ever but like there are some scary elements that are well utilized so
0: yeah i uh for me this is my uh third time seeing the movie really my second um because or yeah because the real second time i watched the movie uh i had been day drinking all day and then my buddy (laughs) was like uh my unnamed buddy was like hey Take half a Xanax. And I was like, <laughs> sure. I've never okay. done that before, and I blacked sure. out instantly. And apparently, oh uh, we turned off the movie uh, shortly after. I wouldn't stop talking about how much of a banger time of the season by the zombies are when it popped <laughs> up in the soundtrack.
1: <laughs> That's so on brand somehow. <laughs> oh my god don't do drugs
0: kids uh speaking of the speaking of the soundtrack uh the fact that they got ryan gosling's weird spooky band (laughs) in this movie uh the song uh the song in the room where you sleep that plays about midway through the movie that's fucking ryan gosling's band
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay first of all i completely forgot that he had a band i remember hearing that at some point but Dude, yeah. what
0: uh dead man's bones i think they have one album it is uh it's decent but it's great as a novelty the fact that like fucking ryan gosling has a horror rock band what
1: <laughs> so is that specifically their shtick like they do like specifically horror rock because i remember uh, yeah. it being like those lyrics are kind of creepy so it's like actually a like that's
0: yeah that's really funny dead man's bones
1: oh my god wow that doesn't even sound like a real band name it sounds like a the name of a band in a movie uh
0: and you'll be happy to know that ryan gosling's uh, uh stage name his music name is ryan baby goose gos
1: <laughs> i mean a little redundant but sure oh my god that is so funny oh, so wow fun okay I am I'm, I'm <laughs> glad to know that. Jesus Christ. Uh my
0: my other thing with this movie on a more serious note is um I like this movie a lot. I like the characters a lot. I do have my issues with this movie making the Warrens out to be like these awesome superhero esque yeah. uh uh magician people. Um uh, we'll get into it here, maybe on maybe on no, our sister that... show eventually, but uh.
1: Well, that's actually interesting that you say that because I actually had no idea that these were real people until after I saw The Conjuring Two, which I saw before this one. So I did know it when I watched this one, but I didn't know it uh, until after I I saw um the The Conjuring Two, which I really enjoyed and then at the end it like it like plays like actual audio quote-unquote from like this from one of the encounters they had with this entity and, and then i like looked it up i was like oh those are real people and then i was like what?
0: yeah, like, yeah. Uh. and uh <laughs> the the haunting that um the conjuring 2 is about uh they weren't really even that involved with that haunting as a matter of fact, they just kind of showed up and the people who lived in the house told them they couldn't come in to investigate. <laughs> like, they weren't invited thing. they just kind of showed up. Um, but yeah they're they're the people that like did the they did the Amityville case. Um, they really did tour around and give lectures and stuff um, but uh, I, I don't want to get into it here it'll be the whole. The whole episode anyway uh the That's movie warrens choice. very cool the real life warrens uh apparently seemingly nice people but potentially very terrible scam artists and mm-hmm. also apparently there's uh uh potential ed warren might have had a long-term relationship with a 15 year old girl when he was in his 30s uh
1: but there are I a lot om- of Kids and teenagers bopping around in these movies.
0: That being said, I only found one article that that was about, and it was from the fucking Hollywood Reporter, so... Hmm.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. I don't know, just... it's If you want to look into them, look into them, but the fictional it... characters are
1: cool. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. It's interesting... It's an interesting choice. I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting choice to base movies like this on real people and it's a choice that i generally don't really agree with like because to me it's like why not just fictionalize it you know just like it's already going to be a little bit fictionalized why not just go all the way and like remove that kind of weirdness that comes with trying to translate this stuff but i guess it (sighs) hollywood has a based on a true story problem (laughs) Mm -hmm. in my view um (laughs) which is that there seems like very desperate to go to the well of based on a true story which i see the appeal of but i find completely pointless because i'm like well if i'm going to a movie it's to see some some shit that somebody made up frankly like i i am i'm not going to see something that really happened like I guess I'd watch I a documentary CDQ. otherwise. Right. Like, <laughs> right, right. If I want to see something that really happened, I can watch a documentary and there are plenty of documentaries that are great at d- dramatizing stuff. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I've never really understood it. I, I think it seems at best kind of pointless and at worst sometimes kind of distasteful. Um, I don't know. The point being that like it, it's weird because I actually really like, in these movie the these movies, I really like the Warrens as the protagonists. Like, I think they mm-hmm. work really well and provide a really necessary, like, through line and emotional core to the movies. But it's so weird to think that, like, they're trying to base these on real people. And it's like, well, why not just, like, create, like, I don't know, Fred and Darlene uh, Warden or something. Yeah, I don't
0: know. Like, because this... <laughs> this series isn't the first time uh, movies based on their work uh, have been done. There That's were two true. Amityville movies. like. That's true. Um, I haven't seen
1: So, that I, don't good,
0: yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's maybe just, uh, it's odd. the only thing I could possibly see is um, that they wanted to tie this to real people. So, when their audience watched a movie and see a based on a true story and it has all the, like, photos and stuff they could go look it up and if... Because people aren't going to do deep dives. They're going to do very surface level investigation. They're going to be like, oh, these are real people. Oh, wow, they worked on these famous ghost cases. Well, wow, it all is true. And that makes them want to see your sequel.
1: <laughs> but I would want to see the sequel anyway. That's what it's... Uh, it seems like trying to to add an air of legitimacy that it doesn't need to add, frankly. Yeah. Like, it can just be a scary good movie which i i would argue is what it is like Uh, it doesn't need to uh, i don't know
0: we're covering this at a good time because the third the third proper conjuring movie it's really like the seventh in the conjuring franchise I know there's
1: a whole universe but
0: um is the trailers are coming out and holy shit they just made it an action movie have you seen the trailer yet
1: I did. Did you get that vibe from it? I I don't know. I it just looked like another horror I, movie to me, a, I,
0: and it's probably just because of the way the trailer's cut, but like the fast-paced music and him like running through the woods and <laughs> she's like standing that, over the edge about to lose of those her balance. It's
1: action actiony I'm shots. I just like yeah. they
0: have just turned this The Warrens are just superheroes at this point. It's
1: it's <laughs> franchising fever, I think. Yeah. It, it which I get um, and you know, obviously haven't seen the movie yet, don't know how, how it'll be. Um, I will say I think the first two conjuring movies are both really good. like I also think the second one's good. Um, uh, so I, I don't know. obviously that's no guarantee that the third one will be good. but yeah, it, I don't know it does it does seem to be falling a little bit into into franchisee territory. Which I know James Wan is hardly foreign to you know? <laughs> The um and Lee One L, I believe. Weren't were they both like the Saw guys who made like this the this who made at least the first Saw? Am I wrong? Um, I haven't uh, seen Uh
0: yes, yes. Uh okay. Saw and Insidious and The Conjuring, and he directed Aquaman, and he directed <laughs> at least one of the Fast and Furious movies.
1: Okay, that is such a fascinating scope of movies
0: there <laughs> you're like you basically have a a chokehold on popular yeah horror, horror cinema in america but you also go do a car movie or a fishman movie
1: <laughs> well, right it's like aqua aquaman and fast and furious definitely not the same type of movie but i guess i could see those sort of and then like saw and the conjuring maybe kind of like but then when you take them all together i mean even 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 for them to be made by the same people who who did i know the first saw movie i know there's like a million but um is kind of funny because it seems like a very very different type of horror from that but um yeah still uh and i yes i think it is independent of all the stuff that we were just criticizing you know I think it's a, a very well made movie uh, certainly i think functions better as a film than the grudge does for sure um like we're while we're getting into comparisons here <laughs> um,
0: uh, yeah uh this guy loves he loves his franchises and remakes he's uh last year they announced he's doing a reboot of Frankenstein, so
1: never heard of that kind of thing well, before really. <laughs>
0: i hope it's good give me more good like legitimately good movies with the universal monsters make them relevant. no i i place.
1: agree if you can get a legitimately good movie out of it like i think you can let, let me let me put it that way i just don't know if you're going to with how things have been going lately but um you know so could be a thing
0: anyway <laughs> enough about the career of james wan and franchises <laughs> let's talk about yeah. the conjuring
1: yeah <laughs> So so yeah, so the conjuring, um once again, purportedly based on a true story, you know, quote unquote. Um yeah, I think I think it's good. It I think it takes a lot of time. Like it's also kind of a slow paced movie, like The Grudge, but feels more coherent in its slow pace, perhaps
0: yeah um um, like i said when we were talking about the grudge it it does take its time um but what it builds to does feel earned and part of that is because um every character feels like a real character and not just set dressing um it feels like
1: a movie populated by real people Mm um and uh, you know,
0: sometimes it's a little, sometimes it's a little corny, but it's never like not fun. The whole yeah. like God brought us together for a reason thing. God. I'm like, man, this is so like, oh my god! But I, it works in the movie. I,
1: I really like it. It's like once again, from this point on, I'm just gonna talk about them as if they're fictional characters because uh, yeah, for the purposes I, of these movies, they might as well be. I <laughs>
0: have separated. <laughs> separated this so much uh, because i don't want my uh my thoughts about patrick wilson and vera farmiga to be (laughs) mixed in with the real warrens at all these are very fictional people
1: no right as fictional characters i really like them i don't know there's just something about like corny christian white people in the 70s fighting demons that is like really fun to me Uh i don't know like it's it's i don't know it's like i find it charming like just hokey enough to be charming and like um and i think really gets serious when it needs to which i think is the right balance to hit for this kind of movie yeah um I don't know, like, it, it obviously is very much trying to be like, oh, this is the 70s. And I gotta say, I love some of Vera Farmiga's outfits, like, especially that one where it's, like, at the collar, that's, like, a super frilly collar. And I'm like, that is great. We need <laughs> to bring that back. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like, and, you know, it's, I like how in this movie and the second one, they there's a lot of similarities. They Both of them involve them. Uh, going to help a a family that's experiencing some kind of what we find out is like a sort of demonic infestation, Um, not just a haunting. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, I think both of the movies take a lot of care to – establish actual relationships there and not make it just be like, okay, here are two professionals coming in to do a job and get out. Like, obviously, if your job is that, then there's nothing wrong with it with just doing your job and getting out. But because it's a movie, I, I do like how they actually take time to show like, oh, these fictional characters uh, <laughs> really actually care about these people and genuinely want to help them and form actual relationships with them and like, see them as human beings, which I-, I really like it ups the stakes. It seems like, because it's like, Oh, you know, if we fail here, we're not just failing as like professionals, but we're also failing real life human beings, um, mm-hmm. which I-, I think really works within something that is so character based. Yeah. Um,
0: and, You're right about it it being fun, um, because, uh, as I said in one of our previous horror episodes, I'm a big uh, Hellblazer, uh, John Constantine fan, and uh, so I've read a lot of stuff that's about like, oh, someone's showing up and they happen to be kick-ass at handling demons and exorcisms and stuff, and it's nice to see, like, these two lovable goofballs. (laughs) Yeah,
1: essentially.
0: (laughs) Instead of, like... uh, cynical trench coat man
1: <laughs> you know what? i think that must be what it is because i feel like in a lot of movies like this well actually not a lot of horror movies do that where it's like you follow the same protagonist showing up in various things and like solving things that that's more of like a mystery thing or like yeah. action movie thing i think actually it could be cool to see more horror movies that do that like a van helsing type character or yeah uh, uh but I, yes, I I I see definitely what you're saying, and I feel like it's helped so much if you can actually humanize them and 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 draw some relationships there that aren't just like will the badass l- mm-hmm. live or die <laughs> or yeah. something. Don't like get
0: that. me wrong, I love I love a cynical magic man. I love the the troubled priest uh Trope in these oh, movies. I love a troubled priest. Uh, <laughs> I love a
1: troubled priest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but
0: but yes. it is nice to just see, like, no, these are just two nice, kind of awkward people. <laughs> yes.
1: No, it's really <laughs> just charming. handling these
0: demons the best they can.
1: <laughs> right, and I love that. I don't know. To to me, the concept of like. Demon hunting married couple is just so cool. I don't know like it's it's, and it's cheesy and the the movies I think importantly are are not shy about the cheesiness. They're like mm. here are a couple of really Christian white people in the 70s who are married and super in love and also fight demons and it's just like okay, but also just, okay, I'm down for that. Lean into you that know? skin really
0: hard so we don't even <laughs> I think <notice>. it works. <laughs>
1: So yeah, I think that's a real. I think that's a really good through line there, um, and I I think that this, yeah, I think this movie would not work as well as it did if we didn't have that because, like we said before, it is kind of slow. It takes place, well, eh, not entirely in one location, but a, a lot of it in one location. Um, though now that I think about it, it actually does take a little while for them to get there. Um,
0: yeah, that. But- what I like about it is this movie, we were talking about the two um, timelines or two worlds
1: converging
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, in in a synchronous way that doesn't really happen in The Grudge. Um, seeing them yeah. on their tour, uh, handling a case a few years ago, uh, introducing their home life and their museum... And all of that stuff that sounds like it eats up a lot of screen time, but it's done very well that they, like, establish their world very succinctly. And then give uh, the family that's being haunted their own time to develop before the Warrens even get there. And it is very well done. I'm very impressed with that screenwriting.
1: (laughs) Yes, it feels like... It feels like we needed, this being the first movie, it does feel like we needed to kind of establish them as characters and then sort of present that as a segue for, and here's why they will need to help with this case. You know, like, um, as opposed to them having them just show up at the beginning and we don't know anything about them, we're like, well, why should we believe these people or whatever? You know, um, I, I do like that. Um, and it shows that kind of, they. it's like they're preparing for it without knowing it. Um and and I really like that. The only um I don't think I was a little confused by this could just be me being an idiot. <laughs> um is the stuff like with their daughter and the Annabelle doll, I didn't really understand exactly how that connected to the rest of the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, um and that's just that comes from um just they knew they were setting up a franchise so they're just like dropping those dropping that's the only aspect i don't
1: really like because it just doesn't feel like it has a very strong reason for being there
0: yeah um another thing that i feel like is kind of and i know it set up like some tension in the final act because you didn't know if uh lorraine was gonna be able to handle everything that was going on but the whole like she saw something during the last exorcism and like the whole like you gotta stay home blah 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 it just kind of felt like it was there to be
1: there it it, it didn't i think yeah i think that that was a good tension to have but the tension was not quite executed as well as it could have been like it, we didn't really see what the consequences were of her of what happened to her in the, the past exorcism mm-hmm. we I mean we saw that she was like you know temporarily distressed but also I guess in our minds we're like well yeah it's an exorcism <laughs> like it makes sense that someone would get very upset at least momentarily but I think if we had maybe seen a little more of her having like an actual like mental breakdown or something or like like Maybe actually see her being catatonic or completely silent for like a week or however long it was afterward, Um, even if it was just in flashbacks. Because like we do like he does describe it uh, about her just completely like going into her room and not communicating for like however long afterwards. But I think it doesn't hit as hard as it probably should have because we don't actually see it. And we don't actually see, like, what the stakes of this are for her. And I think we should have seen a little bit more of that, maybe. Um, Especially if you're going to show the flashback of the past exorcism, but leave it, like, incredibly vague. Um, I do think a little bit of mystery certainly is appropriate there. Like, when... uh, I can't remember who he's talking to, but they're like... Uh, what did she see? And he says, I, I don't know, and I'm not going to ask her, which, I don't know, that that was kind of cool. I was like, ooh, that's, that's a little spooky, but... That's but, a great uh,
0: line. Yeah. But,
1: but also, it's like, It doesn't... Ex- <laughs> Sorry.
0: Yeah, it doesn't... It's a cool, li- cool line, bro. Still need to know. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Well, we need to know for the... No, I definitely agree because we need to feel the stakes of her being like, no, I, I have to get involved here. We need to really feel like, oh, shit, oh, that could be bad. Like, we know it on an intellectual level, but we don't quite get it on, like, an emotional level. Yeah. Um, You know, it, it's a small complaint because I think that – um, <laughs> I do think that Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are doing great work here – um Mm -hmm. and and have good chemistry in so much as like you can tell that they're they're really like i don't know like i said like kind of corny uh, sort of like middle-class christian people and and, uh, so they have that kind of chemistry but also you buy it you know from Mm -hmm. them from their relationship so um i definitely don't fault them it's just kind of weird writing
0: uh, there's, uh, there's a, there is a fine layer of cheese. Yes. Over this entire, <laughs> like uh,
1: a nice little sprinkling. <laughs>
0: when, when he decides I have to do the exorcism myself, like the light gets very bright yeah. on him, and he's like, I have to do.
1: It. <laughs> It's like Dude, come on I get what you're saying but you're <laughs> just describing reasons that I love
0: it that, I know it, that's, it's it's delicious delicious cheese
1: God, <laughs> it's the, the sharpest it's a, of it's, cheddar it's a
0: fine gouda <laughs>
1: Oh, but see, the thing is, I think Patrick Wilson excels at this. Like, any movie you see him in, he is just like, I don't know how to put it. It's like simultaneously playing it dead straight and also being like, I obviously know that what I'm saying is cheesy.
0: It, it's like he is a leading man plucked from a bygone era put that in is modern so funny. movies. I have
1: always thought that. Okay, thank you. Because I'm like, something about him is giving decades earlier than what yeah. we've got now. I can't describe it, but everything about, like, his look, his delivery.
2: He, yeah, you know, he's got
1: very much that kind of, like, old-timey leading man delivery. Like, it's
0: really never,
2: great.
0: Never change. I know. Never
1: change. I, dude, I love him so much. What an underappreciated, like, I don't know. I don't even know if character actor is the right word because he's had some, like, pretty prominent leading roles at this point that just, like... <laughs> I know I, I really like him um and and I was also thinking of his performance in Aquaman another James Wan movie where it's like <laughs> he's just hamming it the fuck up but in a way that it doesn't feel like haha wink wink it's very straightforward but where he obviously knows what he's working with
0: yeah uh so it's <laughs> interesting um the relationship that Patrick Wilson and James Wan has. Because Hmm. uh, Patrick Wilson is one of the main characters in The Conjuring. He Hmm. is arguably the main character of the Insidious franchise. Yeah. Um, He's the villain in Aquaman. So they work together a lot. And not just like he puts him in random movies that he does. He is the leading man in two of James Wan's major franchises.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: It's, It's interesting. But... I love them both for it.
1: <laughs> I think I think that James Wan realizes that like for the kind of movies that he does Patrick Wilson is a really good actor to have around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, if anything, I think that I don't know if weakest performance is the right word i think that his role in insidious is the least patrick wilson-y of his roles yeah. in that it's very it's a much more just like here's a regular guy who also has all this horror stuff going on kind of thing where as opposed to like a, like atlantean prince and like uh, a demon fighter guy from the 70s um <laughs> it, <laughs> Which isn't to say that he's not good in insidious. I, I actually do think he, he's pretty good in insidious. Um, mm. um but um yeah, it's like more him trying to play a regular guy, and I'm like, I never quite believe that Patrick Wilson is a regular guy. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> I That's- always think he's got a little something more going on That's than why- just that.
0: They didn't need to put Ocean Master in the rubber suit and Aquaman, just Patrick Wilson being there is enough to like, okay, he belongs in a superhero movie. <laughs>
1: Right, his performance is always so like slightly over the top where it's like, yeah, the, it's, I don't know. Yeah, he, he's, doing, I, he's doing good.
0: Keep doing your thing, man. You're, we you're
1: we love, <laughs> we, we love, we stand. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think also uh, Vera Farmiga is doing a great job because she's mm-hmm. like, I think has, if anything, even more sincerity in this role. She's just like 100% playing it straight. And, like, um, I don't know, just has a really great on screen presence. Like, every time she's on screen, even if she's freaking out, I just feel like calm and reassured. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, Vera Farmiga is gonna handle this. Like she's
0: got, know. she's got strong mom energy.
1: She really does. Like <laughs> extreme, like firm but fair mom energy. Just like yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm always so, I'm always so just comforted when she's on screen. Which, which even as I say that, I mean, I do think that her character uh, here does walk up a pretty good line between seeming very strong and assured while also having sort of an a vulnerability that is important to yeah. the stakes of the movie. And like we said earlier, I think it could have been a little better um spelled out or a little better articulated. but um, but I, I do think that it works, and I don't know she does a good job of kind of showing that like she's not like a perfect superhero, but uh, she is someone who is very, very firmly committed to what she's doing, um, and I think they they work really, to, really well together on screen. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, no, the oh gosh, yeah. the chemistry the two have is so. There's something fun about it, even when they're having like very serious yeah. conversations together. Like, ooh, this is this is fun. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is. It's it's how do I put it? It's like it's not really a dynamic that I guess we see a lot on screen. Um, I don't know how to put it, like, an already established relationship. So we don't really see the evolution of it, but we see kind of the intricacies of it, maybe. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Between two people that feels like you don't really see on screen a lot, maybe, at at least not in a protagonist role. So, like, um, (laughs) all that being said... Uh, so the horror aspect of this movie hmm what do you think what 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 do you think are the more effective moments for that? I've got a few.
0: Oh man um, <laughs> so I I like said, like, it's not
1: the scariest thing ever but it's got some some good stuff
0: I, I like any time a like a children's game is used against the protagonists. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. the, the whole clapping oh, game, God. uh, which I, I'll play hide and seek with my kids all day. I'm not putting a fucking blindfold on, especially in a two story house.
1: That's yeah, so dangerous. <laughs> that's a good point. And, and an old house that you don't necessarily know all the structural integrity of.
0: Yeah. Cause she plays that with them after they find that, oh, this board was easily broken and there's an entire <laughs> basement down
1: here. Yeah. Good point. I, mm- I don't know about but that one. Anyway, true. let's
0: let's not cinema sense it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. But I I like that. Um, yes. And it happens twice the yeah. the time that it comes out of the um, the wardrobe in claps. But my favorite one is when she's <laughs> down there with just the matches, and it does. I I love that scene, which is oh, funny dude. because I was talking shit about it when. Um, uh, the husband goes down there and I'm like really like you're going down there with just matches that's stupid but it paid off very well uh for that later scene so retroactive payoff
1: is or setup and payoff or set up setup set up and distinct lack of payoff is is something that this movie does really well because mm-hmm. when you take it in isolation I mean a couple of hands emerging from the darkness and clapping is not just a cool thing that you want to happen, but it's it's not that scary by itself. Like, it doesn't rely on a particularly shocking or gory image. It's But it's very much, like, the way it builds tension and the way it's already set up the game and the fact that, like, something is going on, but you don't know exactly what. And, um the way that whole sequence goes, oh man, it's so good. Like, when the light is still on, like, the ball coming out and rolling out of nowhere, so mm. it's very much established, like, something is going on, but you don't know what. Then she, like, runs up the stairs, it goes dark for a second, already putting you on edge. She she turns on the light, and it you don't see anything for a long time, and then it's just, like, the hands, and then the light immediately goes out. Dude, fucking scary. Hey. I love it. <laughs>
0: that one's it. very good um i'm not a fan of when the witch appears on top of the wardrobe no. and jumps on the- i'm like that's a little silly it's a
1: blowing its load moment that i don't yeah. think needed to be there
0: now uh, it, it's
1: scary but it doesn't feel like the right situation for it to happen yeah. or like the right movie for that kind of thing to happen
0: uh, I do like the exorcism scene in this movie a yes. lot uh, yes. because you can tell that the entire time it never feels like the characters are in control at all. <sighs> uh, Wait, and even his reading payoff... of the
1: Latin is so like halting and like he obviously doesn't really know what he's doing.
0: And like when they think they've got it and then she starts floating and everything mm. starts banging mm. I was like that's such a good way to show like yeah, you're really fucking you done did it,
1: it's the, it <laughs>
0: and over your head.
1: It's scary, and it's um. <laughs> I know when we were talking about The Exorcist, the movie. One of my complaints was that the <laughs> the demon talks a little too much, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe swears a little too much. <laughs> um, uh, with this one, it's like doesn't talk much at all. um Actually, it's mainly just screaming. Uh, I think it has a couple lines. I think there was one, like, cheesy line. I don't even remember what it said.
0: Uh, the, I can't even remember
1: I can't, it was what some... it is.
0: It, it, the end of the line is, now you're all
1: gonna die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, like, was like,
0: levitates the shotgun. Uh,
1: <laughs> right. I, I was like, uh, okay. okay. So this is some but, exorcist vibes. But other than th- that.
0: <laughs> that was a little silly, but just that... The payoff of when um, the guy upstairs is like, "Hey, I found the girl." She's like, "Okay, I'm done playing with you. I got what I want." Like she stopped. Right. She, like, she just off. immediately
1: was like, "All right, peace." <laughs> like it yeah. just like took off to go kill the kid. Oh my god. <laughs> right. She, She's like,
0: "Okay, got what I needed." Later. Right. It
1: just shows that he was. She was literally just fucking with them up until that <laughs> point. It was just like, "I'm just gonna hang out." Um, and I think what makes that really effective was that, um, maybe. Unlike The Exorcist at this stage in the movie, you still are getting bits and pieces of what's her face, like the mom, like she, she actually like starts screaming a couple of times, like her voice mm. comes through, and uh, and she's like screaming out to her husband. It's really scary because it's like, oh, dude, she's still in there and she's still like fighting with it, which I think was important setup for what happens at the end. Um, but I think that was a lot more effective than like having the demon just or ghost or whatever she is i don't know that the backstory i think is one of the weaker parts of the movie but
0: yeah uh <laughs> i do love uh, to me this type of ghost is almost scarier uh than the type of ghost in uh in the grudge not uh, the grudge is scary because it can get you anywhere at any time this one's scary because you this ghost demon whatever you want to call it kicks some ass throughout the movie like it she's just yeeting motherfuckers <laughs> constantly
1: that's true she like grabs the one girl by her hair yanks her around like uh, just grabs the throws mom ed, like, throws
0: ed throws them all that's
1: true it yeah that tries
0: to blast all of them the i know shotgun, with the, just a
1: fucking like, shotgun like, <laughs> like it okay She's like, all right, enough playing around. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now it's
1: personal. <laughs> right. Honestly, like I said, I think I think the backstory of The Haunting is one of the less well-executed parts because it's very kind of glossed over a little bit. Like,
2: yeah. it's
1: just kind of like, there was a lady in Puritan times who... I guess, decided that Satan was her boyfriend and, like, uh, sacrificed her baby to Satan and then hung herself. And then because of that, there was a curse that made mothers who lived on the land kill their children. Uh, That's about it. I mean, (laughs) like... Yeah, um... I...
0: Also, again, no... uh, No slander to my man Patrick Wilson. But what is supposed to be a big moment in the movie when they win is when Patrick Wilson uh ed calls out her name but the line delivery <laughs> sounds like he's announcing her as a dj beth shiba <laughs> 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 and she's just he's, like
2: Wah. <laughs> he was he,
1: <laughs> he was trying to make up for his like really clumsy pronunciation of all the latin words Um <laughs>
0: Stuck that landing.
1: That, that's funny because now that I think about it, I know this is supposed to be a comparison between this movie and The Grudge, but I keep, I keep thinking of comparisons between this movie and its sequel. It is in both of these, like the there's a big climactic moment where the name of the entity has to be spoken because it, it's like yeah. the name that gives you power over it, which is a pretty cool mm-hmm. concept, admittedly. Um, but yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's
0: a big thing in actual demonology and um, paranormal Uh, research
1: it's it's more effective in the second one actually i think um and that one's uh that one's um lorraine in that one uh who um has discovered the name of the demon and it's actually a pretty cool moment she's like pinned up against the wall and she's like uh your name gives me dominion over you, and I do know your name. And then she like speaks it, and like the demon's like and freaks out, yeah. and and she's like, it's like she's pinned to the wall and completely powerless, but she has all the power because she like knows the name of the demon and and can address it on that level. Um, so it...
0: and it was Rumple still Yeah, uh.
1: <laughs> the demon like stomps through the floor in a rage, um, because it can't have the the child, which actually is kind of what happens here. Um, <laughs> the demon is Rumpelstiltskin um, Oh and speaking of which uh, I absolutely love the the uh, Adorable cheese Of the way to, The real way to overcome the demon is to have Happy memories of your family <laughs> well, I love it Remember the beach <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm being uh, ironic but on another level, early... I'm not being
1: ironic what?
0: to quote a very very early episode that's the power of love and magic bitch oh
1: <laughs> those words will follow me to my grave but you know what i stand by them um no it's no it's really nice well i mean because the whole the whole point is is to take away your identity and and, and you know a, a, it, to take away someone's identity is to take away their memories and their connections to other people and that's so I think, you know, from a screenwriting point of view, that's a pretty effective way to to convey it, to convey that she still retains that aspect of her identity. And
0: and honestly, for this movie, like it is very funny, uh, but this movie never tries to take itself more seriously than it needs to in any given right. moment. And that's part of the reason why I enjoy it so much. It's... It's it's never apologizing for itself with yeah. humor at all, but it's also like it's not afraid to just lean into those yes. tropes and genre conventions and I love it for it.
1: It's <laughs> trying to be scary but not edgy, maybe. Yeah. It's like <laughs> like we're gonna scare you, but it's not gonna be okay in the end. Which to be fair <laughs> is one of the reasons why I really love it. And and the sequel. Mm-hmm. I I actually can't think of that many horror movies that have as unambiguously happy endings as, as this one and the sequel do. And I, I don't know. I, I like it. I think it's, I appreciate it personally, uh, because I think it shows that you can have both, you know, yeah. you can have some really dark, scary shit happen, but it doesn't have to be depressing. Maybe,
0: uh, one of these days I do want to talk about, the sequel, because boy, do I have some thoughts of the, oh, hey, I painted this creepy nun. That's fine. <laughs> Let's leave it. I'm not going to tell you about the weird dream I had about it.
1: <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, when your
0: profession <laughs> is a demonologist, just,
1: anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's, no, that's absolutely fair. As much as I love the sequel, you, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fucking weird. <laughs> but- <laughs>
0: I would have been like, yeah. "That's very nice." Set it on fire. I
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. the absolute nonchalance is a little is a little funny. I, I won't lie. <laughs> um, yeah, I. <laughs> I think mostly in this movie people react appropriately to stuff maybe sometimes some slight underreactions especially like from the dad (laughs) i can never tell if he's underacting or if it's just like believable for like a 70s dad to be like well i don't know i guess some scary stuff's happening here but uh not really sure what to do about that
0: (laughs) i gotta go on a work trip
1: yeah, We <laughs> just peace out, like, all this weird stuff I, is happening, my wife and daughters are at home, like, it's uh,
0: cool. I know that everyone's terrified, weird stuff's going on, everyone's having horrible nightmares and sleepwalking, and the dog mysteriously died, but what? I'm gonna piss off for a few days. <laughs> I
1: know, it's, I know, especially the dog mysteriously dying, and everyone just feeling, like, oh man, that's sad that the dog died, and I'm like, it, oh, are you not even a little bit freaked out, man? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little funny but it yeah it feels like okay 70s dad share why not uh, um
0: <laughs> so outside of the conjuring 2 have you watched any of like the annabelle movies or the nun or
1: actually like no that? no i haven't
0: i haven't either I, haven't,
1: I guess part of that's because i haven't heard that any of them are quite as good as the conjuring movies uh,
0: Again, I think the very fictional characters of Ed and Lorraine Warren are what make these movies work
1: <laughs> uh, they really they really do because I think, yeah, it's that through line that they really need and it, I don't know for for horror movies, it's kind of rare to have a weirdly wholesome core like this <laughs> like I, you know uh, and i think it's definitely a delicate balance to even make that work uh, like have things still be scary with that in place mm. but but i i think these movies do achieve that um uh no no i i have not watched the other ones um i probably will at some point just because i i think that this universe has a lot of good Good scares, like good atmosphere, good world building. I even yeah. if they're not as good, I, I'm still you know interested just for the way that these other ones are directed, are set up. I, I think it's still pretty good. Um, and I I even like the Insidious movies. I think they are a slight step down in quality from the Conjuring movies. Yeah. Um. Well, the second Insidious movie is a is a step down from the first, even. But um, it. But but still, I like those, and I like that. You know, they they feel like they have some heart to them, and I feel like that is really yeah. important. Like that's something that the the Grudge is is sorely lacking. <laughs> you just don't care about the movie. Anyone. Just feels
0: kind of it feels scary, and then it feels empty, and then it feels scary.
1: Right, <laughs> it, you're pretty much just there for the scares, which is yeah. which is fine. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but but I think to really make it last you, you have to have a little bit more than just that. And and I think, I think these are good in that regard. Um, which, you know, like props to, uh, to James Wan and, and company. Like, I think that, you know, <laughs> he's got a repertoire, uh, some yeah. of which are better than others, but, but, but he, he's got some stuff down pretty well. Uh,
0: I think if you want to look at it from a purely uh, uh production standpoint, there is a reason why the Contouring spawned a giant successful franchise and the reason why the Grudge 3 was direct to video.
1: <laughs> Ouchy. But yes, no, you're right. I, and and I think that not to be like, what did we learn today, kids? But <laughs> part of what we learned today is that, you know, in a if you want to have a good horror movie like in addition to just good scares which to be fair you do need to have for the genre anyway you also need to have a little bit more going on than that and 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 what one of the best ways to be scared is if you actually care about what's happening you know if you actually care about the characters and you're invested in the plot and that kind of thing um yeah so so uh Oh gosh, there. Sorry, there was there was one other thing I wanted to mention that's like complete, like not related to what I was just talking about. But I remembered earlier when we were talking about um, setup and payoff, or or distinct lack of payoff. Um, I really liked the. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, if three act structure is the right word, but the uh, three part structure of the little music box mirror thing. Yeah. And. I really liked how that was used because it seemed so not what you were expecting in a good way. It's like the first time that the the music box thing happens, it's like a, a very soft jump scare with the little kid being like, ha ha, surprise, just kidding. Like, And then the second time, it's like she does see a ghost in the background, but it's very un-jump scare. It's just kind of like the little mirror is turning around you just see a little bit of a glimpse of oh i guess that was a ghost boy standing in the background Mm -hmm. um there's no like sound cue or anything like there is a lot of times with jump scares and if i'm remembering correctly and then the third time (laughs) i love it it's such a troll like in in um the very end of the movie like after they close it and leave it in the room with all the artifacts in it it starts to play by itself and the little mirror is spinning around and you just don't ever see anything and then it just cuts to credits. I love it. I don't know. It's so... um, (laughs) I love it in particular because... I have seen this movie multiple times now, and every time when I watch it, I get so on edge. I'm like, something is about to happen, even though I know Mm -hmm. logically nothing is going to happen. It's just like every cinematic cue is telling you that there is a jump scare about to happen, and it just doesn't. And I don't know. That's
0: (laughs) the restraint
1: I really like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I also, I really like um, their museum, um, how that scene where that reporter... Or whoever's that. Yeah. I I guess Reporter. They write for Skeptic Magazine, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is going through and looking at everything. And I like that it establishes how. Demons work
1: yeah. in this
0: universe with the whole, it's better to keep the genie in the bottle right. kind of thing. Like just destroying its vessel isn't going to do anything.
1: I think that was a, a little, a good moment for the cinemasons brains in the audience, which I'm not, I'm not innocent <laughs> of um, to be like, okay, here, yeah, here's a little bit of, of how this mythology works. Like you can't just destroy the vessel because the entity is not confined to the vessel. It merely attaches itself to it. Um, and, um, what it really wants is to attach itself to a person and keeping it attached to a vessel is actually a good way of keeping that from happening. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, <laughs> I, I did think that was a very good little bit of backstory there. Um, so it, it keeps that, like inherent creepiness of having all this stuff in one room like okay is this a good idea while also getting ahead of those uh nitpicks and being like well here's why we need to (laughs) and the whole thing about having the priest bless it and everything like we're, we're staying ahead of all that
0: uh also the beginning of the movie um the two nurses use the ouija board and tell annabelle that she can move into the doll uh one i'm not fucking with ouija boards two if i did and it was like i'm a seven-year-old girl i just want to live with you and have you
1: take care of me and be friends
0: i'm gonna say no also i'm moving
1: (laughs) i know i know it's i honestly like i'm of two minds because on the one hand i completely feel you and on the other hand when like the two girls are describing and i'm like I feel like with slightly less information like me in the 70s would have probably done that. I would have been like, "Oh, I feel bad. Okay, you can move into the doll." Like <laughs> but
0: if they would have been like teenagers, I would have been like, "Okay, this checks out. These are full-grown women."
1: <laughs> I know. It's just it's weird. It's you know that horror movie logic of like no one in the movie has seen horror movies like or, yeah. well, I think it's mainly zombie movies that people say that about, but like Or, like, nobody knows how the rules of this stuff usually work. So they're just like, oh, sure, like, taking it at face value. (laughs) Which, to be fair, yeah, like I said, like, me in the 70s might have been like that. (laughs) So, like, whenever people are like, oh, if I was in a horror movie, I would just, like, immediately kill this person or immediately get out of this house. And I'm like, I don't know if I would. I probably would have been this stupid bimbo who like sticks around for some reason because <laughs> i wouldn't just assume that it was out to kill me you know so ugh.
0: maybe i can fuck it
1: yeah <laughs> maybe there's uh, something here you, know? you can establish a little connection <laughs> god yeah let's be real that would be me <sighs> i'd be like <laughs> but can i fuck a ghost <laughs> Imagine asking the Warrens that and seeing how they have to answer. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, the um <laughs> uh, uh,
0: well, we have noticed that uh, there are uh uh sometimes physical manifestations uh, but, <laughs> but uh,
1: Jesus will be offended if you uh, fuck this ghost. So. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, but uh good good movie. I like it. Um tentatively looking forward to the third one. Uh, I I liked the first two Uh, trailers not the most promising I've ever seen but you know uh, what whatever I'm 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 on for the ride
0: I I, I'm starting to watch the Conjuring movies the same way people watch the Fast and Furious movies like (laughs) I know exactly what I'm getting into here and I'm here for it yeah it's probably going to get Progressively worse and ridiculous, uh, but that just makes it more fun well, and, if you lean into it. Yeah,
1: and I think that the Conjuring movies, like, I will, one thing I will absolutely say for them, like, it, it, unlike a lot of horror movies that I've seen, are like the opposite of Grimdark, you know, they're not trying to be super edgy, they're not trying to be nihilistic or depressing, they're like the opposite of that. But they're still good at being really scary, you know? And and I think that's really cool that they they can kind of walk that line because a lot of movies have to scare you by just throwing shit at the wall and being like, oh, we're super edgy and dark and depressing and, like, everything's terrible, which obviously has its place in horror, so I'm definitely not going to knock it. Like, it's horror, obviously, that there is a place for that. Um, but I don't know. I really, I really like these for managing to do some seemingly contradictory stuff at once. And uh, yeah, weirdly wholesome horror. That's a that's a concept for you. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: super fun movie. Um, I I know this isn't going to be the last time I rewatch it uh, throughout my life. Um, it's a good. It scratches that horror itch. Um, without making me feel uh weird yeah. after watching it, some darker horror movies I leave and I'm just like, uh, hey, I
1: just to, feel like, grody afterward, eat. man. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: I need to like eat ice cream and watch Looney Tunes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think both of the movies we're doing next week will leave us feeling like, uh, but in different ways. <laughs> I
0: don't know Very different about. ways. To I'm gonna have a I'm going to be very uncomfortable, uh, during it follows as we are off to do, uh, and evil dead 2 I'm just going to be like crushing beers and <laughs> having a good time.
1: I'm yeah, I'm ready. I'm I'm just going to get drunk and I'm just going to fucking roll with it. Um, yeah, just to be clear, um, next week we're breaking a little bit. Well, I won't say breaking with tradition. We've done this a couple times. Like we, we did it for Halloween and Christmas, we are just, like, to cap off just doing a favorite horror movies episode, so mm-hmm. Justin's choosing a favorite, I'm choosing a favorite, and we're just going to talk about it slightly less less structured than some of the other ones.
0: <laughs> and I am so excited to see, because a, a, a few times we've done the pick-your-old-movies thing and we ended up finding through throughlines. Yeah. Uh, if we find through I- lines <laughs> with Evil Dead 2 and it follows, I'm going to be so fucking proud of us.
1: That's what I'm really like. Is there a through line here? But you know what? I'm I'm sure there will be. I'm really sure there will be. <laughs> and you know worse, even worst case scenario, we're still going to learn a lot about like the horror that specifically appeals to us and like be able to talk about that and like why it works for us. And I think that that's, you know, there's still some merit in that. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> and And of course <laughs> after that Caleb's long awaited return <laughs> will happen. <laughs> Eventually Descending we're gonna from get him to watch like three horror movies in his entire life and he's gonna have to pick one and talk about it and be like, Okay, why'd you like this movie? I don't know. We'll see. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. Well, uh so so let's see. Uh where where can where can we find us on social media? I don't know why well, I said it Well, like
0: You that. can find <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on most social media at Blame It On Butler. You can find this show on Twitter at Sounds Familiar.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Steph Has No Name and on letterboxd at Ray's Left Boob. <laughs> and we will all right. See you guys next week for our last episode of Mormon May.
0: Play us out, Ryan Gosling. He's not gonna play us out. I can't afford. It. <laughs>
1: Please, Ryan, if you're listening. <laughs> Is almost okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to check the episode description for any links we may have included related to this week's episode. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at Sounds Familiar. If you'd like to get in contact with us, drop us a line at soundsfamiliar at gmail.com. We'd like to thank our friend Chelsea for our logo check her out on instagram at chelsea designs we'd also like to thank shane quick for our theme music if you feel so inclined please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to tune in every thursday for new episodes we'll see you next time on sounds familiar